Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we are talking about belonging. Come on in. Sit down. Pull up a chair because you belong here. (laughs) You belong to us. Do we sound scary? (laughs) I was trying. I was going for sultry. I don't know. I think that might be scary. Uh, We'll see what the listeners have to say. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are so glad that you are here because we are going to be talking about ease, meaning, and joy for women at work from the land of the Coast Salish people. And in person, and our in last person episode, again, it's here so we are. both giddy because we get to see each other. We're giddy and we're talking about belonging, yeah. which is like fire. Yeah. It's so fire. Yeah. Yeah, it, we. It's the special sauce. It it's is it. the special sauce. Yes. We're gonna say it with a scary it's voice. The fairies <laughs> and angels. It's fairies and angels. Come on. But why are we here, Kirsten? In addition to talking and belonging, what are we doing? Talking about we women want? at work. Oh yeah, what are we getting want? yourself some ease, meeting, and joy at work? And if you can't, I mean, this. Come on, belonging. Yeah, ease, meeting, and joy for women at work. We're there. Yeah, we're living the dream. You know what I uh, have? You know who's not been getting a lot of ease, meaning, and joy recently? Is that my friend, Karina? (laughs) No, I truly do love my work. Honestly, this is the most fun I've ever had in my career. No, I'm talking about the people who are quiet quitting. And frankly, I am a little bit. My energy level is a little bit low. Yes, the quiet quitters. Yes, this is a whole thing. It's a thing. I've resisted talking about it on uh, our show because I'm like, oh, it's just a flash in the pan. And we are not trendy. Okay, we do not follow I the trend. I want to be trendy, but okay, fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, this thing is going to, but it's not really going away. So if you haven't heard, quiet quitting is this new craze, I guess, that is basically encouraging workers to not out and right quit your job. Why would you do that? But just to sort of back off and do far less. The idea is to quit in place. Yes. Or some version of that. But if you dig into it and really look at what quiet quitting means or what what their recommendations are, it's like set boundaries, do the job that's in your job description and clock out at eight hours. That to me, I was super judgy about this when it first came out because I was like, oh, no, people aren't engaged in their work. They're not having fun. There is no meaning. There's no joy. This sucks. I'm not interested in quiet quitting. Yeah. But there's another way, I think, to look at quiet quitting, which is. Not necessarily quitting your whole job, but quitting parts, Uh. quitting the parts that are not giving you ease, meaning and joy, drawing some boundaries, setting realistic expectations and quitting maybe parts of what it is that you do. Yeah. Which may just be another way of saying draw some really good boundaries or I am not in a place to give 110 percent. I have 80 percent to give and that's what I'm giving. Yeah. I used to have I I used to. uh rail against the like do more with less mantra i'm like i'm gonna do less with less okay and i think <laughs> that is what we're talking about here right yes, we <laughs> are right. Like, do less with less do less with less if you have less that. then do less don't try to do more with less um and it, it is this like energetic like moving into fall for me like you know i am like i said before loving my job but i do feel tired Yes, I think that there is there's been like a little malaise as if I can use that word malaise, like just a little, you know, lull. My work is usually really, really busy in September and October, and it has been certainly. Yeah. But I agree with you. There's mercury in retrograde, whatever you call it. There's a malaise. There's a funk. You know, there's, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I think it all 
I'm not surprised to that see that quiet quitting still continues to rise up. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. In the media. And in fact, hey, quiet quitters, if you want to think about ways to draw boundaries and have more easy meaning and joy in your life, just go back and start listening to episode, episode one. one. Yeah. Because, you know. While you're at work. There's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, just pop your headphones in and listen uh, there. Oh, my stop, God. Katie. Okay, but we're going to talk about uh, belonging today because, and we got to get get to it because I got to get out the door. We got a time schedule here. Right, we got a schedule. Zippity's <laughs> up. By the way, this I say this, I say this not irregularly, I know this, but this may be my favorite topic that we've worked on. So far? So far. Oh, I, I think this is that. my very favorite topic, this idea of belonging. Why? Well, I mean, I, I, I will grant you that it's been really fun and a good, a good topic to explore. I just, I think that belonging is fundamental to all aspects of our humanity and solving some of our biggest problems. Yeah. Um, race inequity, mm -hmm. gender inequity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this concept of belonging and how we do it mm -hmm. is really how we get the stuff that we really want. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I just think it's like such an important, fun, interesting topic. It is. Inter I agree with you. And belonging ha plays a role in our experiences as, as individuals and therefore, you know, and, and groups. But it was also really interesting to me to look at this topic and recognize that there's this paradox. And you and I wrestled with this. Oh, I know. When we were prepping for this show. Gloves off. Gloves we were, off we were on the paradox. after it. Yeah. I love a paradox. Yeah, sure. I love two truths. I'll take it. I love the tension. We have to hold both of these. This notion of belonging requires the individual to hold two very, very separate, what? I don't even know what we call them. Ide uh, ideas? No, separate. I would almost call it approaches. Okay, yeah. Two separate approaches, two separate views, two separate engagements. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one is... From Jeffrey Cohen yep. at Stanford University. He is a doctor in the psychology department. Really amazing guy. Did a great podcast that I'll put a link to in the show notes. But he says we are the engineers of each other's experience. Right. Meaning our experience of belonging is the result of everybody else's behavior. Sure. So we engineer each other's experience. Yes. And I, that is how I was introduced to this notion. And so I started diving into my reading and research thinking, and, and certainly how does as, the system yes, support belonging? Yes. And as a leader and someone who coaches leaders and looks at organizations, I'm like, what is going on externally that either lends itself to or is in direct conflict with other people feeling like they belong here? In the system. In the system, mm -hmm. right? What are the external factors? Whatever that system is. Exactly. Your four-person workplace, your 400-person workplace, what is happening in the system? What is happening that allows mm -hmm. for belonging? Because, of course, we are the engineers of each other's of each other's experience. However, the other side of this coin, the other thing that we're holding right now is that you yourself are also the engineer of belonging. Of, of your own belonging. Of your own belonging. That's right. And you found a great Brene Brown quote. Yes, I love, of course, of course. And we're going to call, I mean, we're going to do the call out to Brene several times here just because her work on belonging is so pivotal, informative. Mm -hmm. It was, it's amazing. And I'm sure everybody's familiar with it, but the quote that I, okay. Fitting in is about assessing a situation 
and becoming what you need in order to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Fitting in. Fitting in. Feeling comfortable. Fit, I fit in. Yeah. Belonging, on the other hand, doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. That's right. Which is scary. Right. Right? Yeah. That's the vulnerability she talks about. That, That's the exposure. That's where the courage comes in. That's right. The courage to really be and show ourselves. So she's saying you will not experience belonging if you are not authentic in the way that you are approaching this whatever. Let's mm-hmm. say system, this workplace. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Cohen is saying the workplace will is will not create a sense of belonging for the individuals if we don't tend to how we're engineering the experience for exactly. others. And so those and what And we both d- are true. Both seem to be true. Because as with any relationship, there's got to be two sides, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. that's the whole point. You know, one side can't carry everything. Wait, unless it's me and then Barry. <laughs> Poor Barry. No, of course that. Yeah, you have to have equal self and the system, or self and the other, and the group. And so today we get to explore that a little bit. Belonging is also a really interesting concept because it's not, you know, despite contrary to a lot of the things. Well, wait, what's the right word I'm saying? Counter. That is the word I was like. Counter to many of the other things that we discuss. This 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 notion of belonging has only really been studied in academia since the mid nineties. Yeah, like 20, 30 years. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in some cases, we're looking at stuff that's been going on for you know, for for decades. And um, I guess that would be decades too. You know me in math. It is. <laughs> okay. But the, the beginning research on belonging really focused on is belonging good? Yes. Is not belonging bad? Yes, you know, check, we're done. Mm-hmm. But in the most recent years, and I think this is why it's also um, being, um, we're seeing much more prevalence in the media about belonging, is current research has been much more targeted kind of at the social and psychological benefits of belonging. Okay, so speaking of the benefits of belonging, um, there's been a fair bit of research about belonging at work, in fact. Um, you know, studies have shown that when somebody feels like they belong in their workplace they're willing to stay longer they're more engaged in their work remember that Gallup study about how disengaged people are it's really interesting but the belonging research really matches up to the engagement research yes like when you look at those two different bodies of research there's so many parallels in fact it's a little confusing to me frankly and this is another place and we've talked about better up before but this is another place where better up really hit it out of the park yeah they they show that fostering belonging can lead to a 50 percent lower risk turnover which these days is amazing but i also found it just mind-blowing that employees who feel like they belong take 75 percent fewer sick days not surprising not surprising i want to be there exactly i want to be there i want to be with my people that i belong with no and i can actually look back to other workplaces that i've been a part of or coached or counseled for and there are certain individuals frequently kind of the the folks who aren't um in the majority who are absent a lot. There we go, because there's not a sense of belonging. And this is a great signal. Mm -hmm. It's a great signal. It's interesting to me, too, in Better Up, um, this is another one of those places where something negative has a really outsized impact. Mm -hmm. Like, you you know, we often say you need like five positive interactions to da-da-da, and only one negative interaction to undo the five positives. Another place for that. In fact, like even one 
a single incident where someone did not feel belonging at work yeah. had a it had a 25% impact, 25% decrease on their work performance. Yeah. So it had a significant negative impact on their work performance, just one incident of belonging. Mm-hmm. And I can think of times when I've been in meetings and I feel like somebody was was rude to me, embarrassed me, made me feel like I wasn't very smart, mm-hmm. you know, was sharp with me. And that has just that I was I was distracted from my work for the rest of the day because I kept thinking about how I felt yeah. when that person talked, as we say in the South, in that ugly way to me. <laughs> she talked ugly to me. Well, that I mean, we also know that that kind of like exclusionary behavior registers in the same part of the brain as physical pain which is so it's like um it's like isolated like closing freezing people out yeah it's the same thing that and this goes back to the importance of belonging right when you don't feel belonging you actually feel physical pain that's right like in your brain no i know it's phenomenal and i don't mean that literally physical pain although i have to say when she was ugly to me i did feel physical pain no we do and your body responds to it you Mm -hmm. just like move all of your energy goes up to that like survival or fight flight or flee mode and we lose productivity we feel weird we feel gross we want to take a sick day and uh and it you know again it's registering this place in our brain where it's um Similar to physical pain. And I've actually been the person who did the smackdown. <gasps> oh, yeah. I'm sure I have, too. I've had to apologize, actually. I don't know why I'm so surprised. I'm sure I have. I can think of times I've had to apologize. Oh, yeah. And in fact, as a leader, this wasn't ever really part of I mean, I felt like I was a good hostess. If you like, I, I felt like part of my job was to make people people feel like it was, you know, they were welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't a priority for me to create a sense of belonging for my staff. If I had known what I know now, I would have been a completely different leader. Okay, back to the stats, though. A couple of more. Employees with a strong sense of belonging report being 56% higher. Sorry, they report a 56% higher level of overall job performance. They're more willing to recommend their employer as a place to work. They have more pride Mm -hmm. in their work. They are more loyal. They are more engaged, etc. And I love this next stat. 34% of people feel their greatest sense of belonging at work. So one third of the people feel like they most belong at work, which was so hopeful and great for me. Yeah. I don't think work has the reputation of being a place where we belong. Mm -hmm. And this tells me "Mm, that's changing. Yeah. That's changing. And it is changing. I mean, we also know from reading and research and listening that a lot of those traditional places where people would identify where they would feel like they belong church Mm -hmm. family community Mm -hmm. and are also less and less sort of part of people's lives and so i can see how work is filling that in or not right Right. but i can see how if done well for 35 mm -hmm. 34 35 percent of people that's where they're going to feel their most sense of belonging it was such a hopeful stat for me i mean i'm looking for the day when you know, people just really think of work as one of the top places that they feel belonging. Yeah. Like that. That's what we want. That is what we want. So how do we do it? I mean, how we, we did. Well, let's talk about the elements of belonging at yeah. work first before the how to. Well, yeah, I think that's where I was going. OK, too. good. Sorry. So like, what do we going. really mean? No, because we, we just talked about how great it is to belong. So but, great we to still, belong. <laughs> but we need to define really what does this mean? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Do you want to jump in? Yeah, I will jump in. Um, this is from. Co-equal, which is or co-equal, I guess that's how you say it. Co-equal, yeah. It's a research group, yeah. And 
um, one of the one of the organizations that's been doing quite a bit of work on belonging and belonging at work means you feel seen for your unique contributions. You're connected to your coworkers. You're supported in your daily work, in your career development, and you're proud of your organization's values and their purpose. So there's these key elements, right? Being seen. Yep. I see who you are, Kirsten. Yep. Right. And connect it like authentic positive social interactions with my coworkers. Yep. Authent- uh, and authentic. That's authentic. right. There it is right yep. there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Authentic. And supported. Yep. Like how many people like like when somebody says to me at work, I've got your back on this. Yeah. I just feel like I am just on a wave, right? Like I'm just, you know, riding a rainbow on a unicorn. Right? <laughs> somebody has my back. It yeah. just makes me feel so good about my team sure right and then that then we get to proud right right i feel proud of the work we do i feel proud of the organization i feel like it's in line with my purpose vision values all of that stuff right right so those are the four elements right so you can only really truly feel belong if you have those four according to this research and Again, I'm thinking about that paradox, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Between what does the system create for me so that I, what are the people who are engineering my experience doing, offering so that I feel like I belong? And what part of this is me bringing my whole and authentic self to the workplace so that I can accept so it? So I can do people understand that I cannot do everything alone. I don't feel like I'm an island and that I need support. Am I communicating that I need support? Because if I am, somebody's going to say, I have your back on this. Yeah. And then I'm going to, you know, again, feel like a unicorn running on a rainbow. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Woo-hoo. And <laughs> and I and I and I think about the times when I have felt the most belonging in a place and where I haven't felt like I belonged at all. And I can see that like there's this the system let's say kind of back to this paradox the system allows time and space in my day for me to be who i am Mm -hmm. i'm coming in tired today and that's okay and i can actually talk to my coworker about it and not be judged not be negatively impacted by that that's just that's systemic but i'm also you're you showing up yeah and being willing to disclose that you are not at your best and you're tired and maybe there's something going on that's you showing up as your whole self. That's, that's right. That's your authentic presence. That's the agency. Mm-hmm. It, and uh, the scary part. Uh-huh. And the scary part. Well, especially when we're driving especially at work. At work. Or driving performance. We're driving mm-hmm. for perfection. We're driving for excellence. Excellence. We want the next we have bonus. Goals to achieve. We want the ra- we got shit to do. Yeah. Right? And so it is interesting though that all of that stuff doesn't mean we're going to get more work done or we're going to do our work well. In fact, if you back it up and say I'm having real authentic relationships in a system that allows for me to be who I am and welcomes me, oh, sorry, signals that I belong, which is different, then my productivity goes through the roof. Yes. And I take 75% fewer sick days. So it's isn't it interesting that you disclose something that arguably detracts from all of those things, the the fundamental productivity of the workplace. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't. No. It contributes. It's a net positive. So we're back into the paradox. Exactly. Okay, so I found a great quote that kind of revisits the, the paradox and kind of puts this back, kind of grounds us again. It is from an article called How Has Belonging Changed Since COVID-19? And 
the author says, what is compelling about the idea of individual skills like relationship building, social connection, or mindsets of self-acceptance driving belonging is that this lens shifts agency to the individual. It's exactly what we just said. Mm -hmm. We can help ourselves reach higher levels of belonging just as organizations can help create environments and leaders that foster belonging, again, the system. By supporting individuals in building the skills to better relate to others, our teams and ourselves, organizations can help each individual carve a personal pathway to belonging. So again, even that. So not only does the system have to create the opportunity for belonging and the individual has to show up authentically, we also have to train, we have to help individuals build the skills to better relate to each other. It's so interesting, Karina. I was reading the New York Times yesterday, and there is an article that is about being a better friend, mm. how to be a good friend. Mm-hmm. It was maybe it was how to be a good friend, and it was so interesting for me to see that article. Like this is a what I think of as a sophisticated, oh. credible news source. Sure, who is got a whole article focused on how to be a better friend or how to cultivate friends. Friends. I thought to myself, wow, isn't that something we learned in grade school? And then I was like, KB, pull it together. We're doing an episode on belonging. (laughs) Like this is fundamental. This, I mean, and it was interesting because the things that they talk about in that article are the very things that we're going to talk about and how to create belonging. Well, and it's and if you think about, of course, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, what really? This really? New York Times this is article? like kindergarten, but then we right? Also, how we, to be a good friend? But the attorney general just listed uh, what is it? Loneliness, loneliness as an epidemic. Yes. So of course, thank goodness that that is being explored, ex- talked about, so that we can deal with it. Well, and even daylighted, like, hey, guess what? We may not even have these skills anymore. We may not be great at building friendships. Let's start doing that. And again, that's what this quote was saying from this article. Or maybe it's that. Our social structures have changed and we need to know how to adapt to those changing social structures. Sure. Right. Because like that's I think it has changed. It has. And we've talked about that. I mean, it's you know, it's a cataclysmic change from 50 years ago to now and how we relate to each other. Yeah. And again, I will point out, listener, if you ha- if you didn't notice, I made some blanket negative statement about the state of the world. And Kirsten's like, actually. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I believe, oh shit, yeah, it happens all the time. Pollyanna rose up. <laughs> no, I don't even know that's into like, the microphone. Listen, um, uh, I think we just have to reevaluate our relationship. To you know, I know, I love it. That is exactly what I love about you. Anyhow, well, among many other things, but exactly. So, how do we how do we foster this? How do we make sure that people are getting those four elements? Being seen, feeling connected, feeling supported, and proud of their work. How do we make sure that the workplace allows the person to come as a whole human to bring their agency Mm -hmm. to bring their vulnerability so this is again it's two-sided two sides of the coin it's what does the individual do and then what does the system do and in our place the system we're talking about is the workplace sure right yeah right and so what what do you think what did you come up with okay number one i think is to find and create allies at work Mm -hmm. people with whom you feel connected that acknowledge you that include you it does not have to be a manager it could be a peer it could be somebody even in a different department but create relationships with people and I do that by like first of all I always offer to help right because then I have an interaction with somebody 
where I get to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it's fine to help them. But what I'm really looking for in helping is having an opportunity to engage with them mm-hmm. and be able to disclose something about myself, to be to show them who I am, mm-hmm. which, again, is scary because what if they don't like me? And I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, too bad for them. <laughs> they have really poor judgment. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just like, I know, come on. Yeah. Right. But in attempting to build allies at work, you're saying you, 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 it doesn't have to be with you. You're offering up, you're offering something. Right. And I understand that somebody might not want it. Yeah. Don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it at all, but I'm certainly going to accept it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't rail against that one. But it does. They, yeah. Studies show that having an ally or somebody who acknowledges and includes you, who's a a friend at work, Mm -hmm. is incredibly important to fostering a sense of belonging. Friends at work. That was our first episode. Footnote. Friends at work. I still love that episode. It was so long ago. And so fun. So fun. Waxing eloquent about Aristotle and friendship. Such a a fun one. So great. So find an ally. Yes, find and create an ally at work. And if you do have a friend at work, how you interact with each other is also really important. Praise each other. Notice each other. Be honest with each Mm -hmm. other. Find ways to kind of give each other honest feedback, even if it's not positive, Mm -hmm. but being seen. Again, having somebody who sees you, sees your work, acknowledges your contributions. Um, and is 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 a huge is a huge boon. I had this experience the other day where um, I was I was lamenting that my productivity in the last three months has not been great, mm. and my partner Sally Quinn said to me, "Well, that tells me that you've had some fun, and you should be proud of that." And I was like, wow, what a good friend and partner. Yeah. Right. I'm just like, because what she's really saying to me is your productivity is fine. Yeah. So for three months, you had not a great three months. There's a there's a longer arc here, KB. Yeah. And it just means you had a lot of fun. So good on you. Yeah. And she sees you, Mm -hmm. right? She's your friend at work. She acknowledges your Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. That is. So find that person. And she didn't tell me, oh, no, that was fine because it wasn't. She was truthful about it. Yeah. Oh, no, that definitely is. That is not your regular productivity, Kirsten. That's true. But you must have had some fun. And she was right. (laughs) I love that. Right. That's what we need. Everyone needs a Sally. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I know. The other another thing we can do as individuals is engineer empathy, like just empathy building experiences. I thought that was interesting. This came from was that from Better Up as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, engineer empathy building experiences. So, like, really thinking about where people can feel like excluded, and then engineer their inclusion. Um, there was a great story about somebody who had a kind of a workforce that was a little like the half the workforce was in an office, like a brick and mortar, and the rest of them were um, spread around the world. And they realized that the people who were Zoom Zoom meeting into the meetings were not having the same feeling of belonging. That and, everybody in the room had yeah, so they physically started, in the room. Yeah, so they started doing meetings that included re- remote people where everyone was calling in on Zoom. Which means now everybody understands what it's like to call in on Zoom. Yes. Yes. So they engineered a way to create some empathy in there. I recently had a conversation with a woman. I was actually invited to sit in it sit in on a conversation where there was a discussion led by a disability rights. I don't know if I would call her an activist. Specialist. Specialist for for sure. Expert. Yeah. And she was helping us understand how to host meetings and events in a way that signaled acceptance and and inclusion that, that said to the disability community, you belong here. And she was, you know, saying things like thinking about how your 
uh, meeting is set up, thinking about what the layout of the room is, making sure that you have a microphone so people who have a tough time hearing or who are hearing impaired can understand always having captions or an interpreter those are the kinds of things that just like engineer those that's engineering empathy building experiences Mm -hmm. i see that not everyone is exactly like me and you belong here too Mm -hmm. so what do you need right to hear yeah let's make sure to get out in front of that Mm -hmm. yeah so the other thing i think especially when we're going through our work day is to look for opportunities for what are there? There are these healthy interactions, high mm. quality connections. Mm-hmm. They're called HQCs, which, by the way, who knew is a whole thing. I did, I know, right? A high quality connection. It's like a thing in the research. Uh-huh. So what we're <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things we don't know there's about so out there. So many things. But I'm just thinking about like somebody that one of the one of my coworkers had lost her phone, and she knew who had it he brought it back to the office and he left and we were just chatting because we were passing each other as I was leaving a meeting and we had a 45 second conversation about our phones and Mm -hmm. how we use them Mm -hmm. and how much we rely on them and why and both of us came down to this thing it's like our phones connect us to people we love and care about Uh and it was 45 seconds it was about a lost phone. It was silly. Was that Super, a, was it an HQC? It was a total HQC. <laughs> I left that fe- I left that meeting and I was like, God, I just love her. I had a high quality conversation of similar to you. Connection. A connection. Connection. Just to be clear about Sorry. the research, HQC. <laughs> HQC is connection. Connection. Where I just asked someone, where did you go? Well, where'd you just come back from vacation? And she told me, and I was just very intrigued. And I kept asking questions. What do you like about it? Why did you go? What's your, oh, really? What is your favorite thing about that? Tell me about this. And I was genuinely interested. Like, I was just felt like I was just sitting here learning from somebody. I was something completely random about her personal life and her vacation and her history and the things she loved. And I think she enjoyed it too. I think, I think she might chalk it up as an HQC. I love an HQC. And who is this? Emily Smith writes that as a result of these kind of high, uh, she writes in her book, is it The Power of Meaning? Is that a book? Power of Meaning. It's a book, The Power of Meaning. And, you know, that's one of the things about belonging, right? It provides meaning for us. Right, yes. This greater sense of meaning. Yeah. Which is why we're for ease, meaning, and joy. That's why we have meaning in this Thanks whole... Thanks for tying that back exactly. in, calling that one Tagline. out. So Emily writes in her book, as a result of these kinds of high-quality connections, both people feel valued, of course, which is going to net belonging. That was my a little um, Very editorial nice. there. They play a role, of course, in, yeah, in making our close relationships closer, et cetera, et cetera. So finding ways to just, I see you. Yeah, and sometimes, you. sometimes you bomb out. Sometimes there's no reciprocity. Oh, I never bomb out. No, I do. No. Sometimes I'll be like, I'll say something to somebody and they're just like, they're not having it. Because they're not bringing their self. They're not Back having to the it. Or, or, you know, as we talk about often, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> right? There's a whole I lot recognize of, there's a whole like, lot of somebody there. once told me, you do not live in pastels, Kirsten. You <laughs> live in Technicolor. <laughs> And not everybody loves a Technicolor. So sometimes you bomb out and that's okay too. Yeah, that's okay too. And that's, I think, the whole point of that, the whole Brene Brown kind of line of thought. Yeah. Which is, I'm still okay. I'm still who I am. It's okay to be Technicolor. If somebody wants pastels, well, I'm just not theirs. Yeah. Yes, because my value is not based on your acceptance of me. But here's, exactly. But here's what I think is the other side of that, which is if we can be open enough to accept Technicolor, mm-hmm. 
when we want pastel or to accept pastel when we live technicolor, then we've kind of collapsed all the boundaries between us Mm -hmm. because whatever we are, Mm -hmm. we're all okay Mm -hmm. and we all belong. That's right. I mean, it's what we're working for is what we want. I just point out that we don't always get it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we don't try for it. That's right. We still got to try for I it. I love that. For, I love that. All right. Let's, can we rip through these last few here? Yes, go ahead. This one you found and, and, and. Oh, I, the process verbally? Yes. Process oh, exclusion. So scary. Verbally as a mm-hmm. way to build belonging. Mm-hmm. Process exclusion verbally. Like really take a look at a situation and go, huh, how could we have done that differently? We actually probably did exclude that person. You know, I found this because I suck at this. Really? I suck at it. You suck at processing or you suck at inclusion? I am not great at verbally processing in a timely way. Oh. I tend to realize I need to process like three days later, (laughs) right? And I've done that before where something happened. It was at a a firm dinner Uh and something happened that was very bad. I feel like one of our partners made a very gender biased comment Mm. and I was hosting you know, 12 people, I had had a couple of glasses of wine and I was like, I could in the moment felt horrified, mm-hmm. but it did take me two days to say, I feel really uncomfortable with what you said. Yeah. And my feelings are hurt and I don't understand. Well, I don't think that's anything to beat yourself up about. I think it's a great thing. I think that's well, a great I'm, thing. I'm glad I got there. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I got there. Yeah. But I would like to have said in the moment, because I think that I could have then created more of a sense of belonging for the person who was the yes. object of yes. that statement. I hear what so you're that saying. person had to live with that exclusion sure. for several days. Mm. Right. And then I was like, I suck. Mm. <laughs> I suck. Oh, and you're still beating yourself up. I, yeah. Or... And it's a good learning experience. I'm going to remember it. Not because I'm going to like, I don't flagellate myself over it, but I do always want to remember it because I don't want to repeat it again. Yeah. Yeah. I always want to remember it. And calling those out, being trained to call those out in a way that someone else can hear in the moment takes a very special skill. And so for me, I sometimes will, I will pause and not address something in the moment because I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm just not ready. And I think that's okay too. I think, you know, and, and maybe what you were doing in processing this exclusion verbally is you don't have to call you're processing it in by recognizing and admitting it and saying, I want to do this differently. That's processing. That's what the recommendation was. The other side of that is addressing it directly with the individual Mm -hmm. who was the perpetrator. I guess I just want to be better at it. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to be better. I hear you. Don't we all? Yeah, we do. Better. I do. Okay. Will you talk a little bit about the systems? Like these are the things that we as individuals can do. And I'm just going to lean on you for your kind of organizational, whatever to talk about (laughs) what systems can do. Well, I'm just going to rapid fire these off because we're kind of getting to the end of this. But I think again, recognizing that there are, people who are in positions of leadership, non-positional leaders, peers, et cetera, all of whom have an impact on how they engineer others' experience, right? This mm-hmm. is that side of the coin. And some pretty simple things that we can all do to engineer a sense of belonging for those around us and um, include respecting what kind of the whole human needs, respecting that they have commitments out of outside of work, 
we're not scheduling the holiday party in the evening when every you know when half the staff has a small children has small children you know or or we're gonna facilitate uh, some childcare so so everyone can come. Um, we're not going to require people to work overtime or when um, or to work later than eight because the bus it, they don't have transportation and you know and they take the bus. So respecting commitments outside of work. Um, I think another thing that individuals can do is really be very, very cognizant of praise and how we mm. praise and how we recognize and see how we see other people, other people. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think you and I did a whole episode on like how to do that kind feedback. of well, how to give feedback. Well, I really noticed this thing about you. I love it. I appreciate it. It's your superpower. You're very good at that. The benefit. I love You are that. very good at that. Thank you. Yes. I feel like I've made a study of it. You really have. In fact, recently I, mean, I said yeah. to somebody, you're, and I, I felt she, she, this woman I'm working with right now is so detail oriented oh. that, and I am not in that mm. way. And I was th- noticing. That's why we're so good together. Oh, I know. I was noticing it in this way. <laughs> I was noticing it. And I'm like, holy crap, she just wants to talk about every detail. And then it took me like seriously three seconds to go, holy, details are your superpower. I noticed this about you. I want you in the room everywhere I go so you can pay attention to the details. details. And I thanked her for it. It was like, this is, so seeing that kind of stuff, like I said, praising the work, providing honest and regular feedback, even if it's negative. Again, that's seeing someone. Here's how I would like you to do something different. I see you. I'm not letting you just like slide. Um, and the other thing about that feedback is when you give the feedback, the expectation that you can do what I'm asking. Yeah. Which is a which is an acknowledgement of their belonging in the system. Exactly. Right. I'm going to tell you this because I'm think you can do it. Yeah. And that's what the system is doing. You belong here. And again, research backs that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so some, so, so again, just, and then if you are a leader, if you are somebody who is in a position of power, um, recognizing that y- your ability to empower team members to make their own decisions, to signal that you believe in them, to honor and praise their work is also it's, it, it goes a long way in saying this is how we work here mm-hmm. we all belong here. we all belong we belong and so i just want to leave us with two quotations you know i love the I quotations love i love quotations and one is appropriately Brene brown which this is one of my very favorite quotes of all time true belonging is not something you negotiate externally mm-hmm. it's what you carry in your heart mm. so that to me is like I can have true belonging because I don't have to negotiate who or what I am, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to negotiate who or what I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to put it out there. It's super scary, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it because that's what it really takes to be to show up in an authentic way to be your true self. Mm-hmm. And I'm then, gonna, and I'm going to do it because I'm lovely. I'm going to do it because I'm amazing. I'm going to do it because I'm a well. Badass. At least I'm funny. I always lay, I always rely on that last one. I'm like, (laughs) nothing else. I'm, I'm a little bit funny. I got some, I got some humor here. (laughs) And then the last quote is Maya Angelou. And Mm. I love this one too, because it feels so real to me. The price is high and the reward is great. Ah. Like, I love that. The price of all of this is high. Like it takes a lot of work. Yeah. It takes a lot of thinking. It Mm -hmm. takes a lot of courage. But the reward is great. Like, yeah. could you imagine true belonging in our society mm-hmm. for everybody? Yeah. yeah. Like no racism, no genderism, no ageism, mm-hmm. no, you know, 
sexism. You, right. You, you, yeah, you irritate me because you're a detailed person. I see the value of who you are with your details. And I need you. And we, are, and we yes. welcome you into the, into the conversation. Not welcome. No, you That's belong right. here. And you belong we gotta here. We got to check that word welcome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You are here. Yeah. And the final quote I'll leave with, leave with is back to um, Jeffrey Cohen. We're also the engineers of others' experience. Yeah. So when that we come per- back around to that, yeah, when that authentic person shows up, when that person is bringing their vulnerability, how are you responding? You're also engineering whether or not they feel like they belong. Yeah. Ooh. A lot of power. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Right. I just have goosebumps. Right. It's a. I told you this was going to be great. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, friends. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. listening.